You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, y'all. Bayou Benders here to talk to you about the latest from our sponsors, DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now's your time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Joined today by my wonderful bearded co-host, Corey the Bayou Benders. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. It's always, you can always tell what type of mood you're in based on how loud your intro is. <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. And today, <laughs> I'm a little pep in that stuff, dude. I am in a tired mood because I am tired of y'all bullshit. <laughs> Fucking leave Drew in alone. And we're going to get into that. But first of all, how have you been, bud? I'm doing okay. Uh, I fucking... <clears throat> I went to the movies for the first time since COVID. Uh, and I guess we'll save that for later if it even gets brought back up again. But uh, I had a pretty good weekend. Um, team didn't. Team had a good uh, yesterday. <laughs> fucking... Uh, it's all right. It wasn't bad. Yeah, the... Uh... The team didn't play great against Calgary. Not a great series for us. But even one win has uh, <clears throat> pretty much solidified our playoff chances if we can continue to string together some wins. And hopefully, you know, Vancouver is – well, not – hopefully they're not hurt from the exhaustion. <laughs> but they're so tired they can't make it back. Um, well, I mean, it's also good that, you know, like we, we said last episode – it's really good that at least Montreal was able to close out this series against uh, Calgary with a fucking win. And, you know, finish strong. The win was phenomenal. Seeing Caulfield's debut, phenomenal. Getting Evans back in the lineup, even better. But the fucking best thing about that game is that I never have to watch another fucking Calgary Flames game for, like, another fucking calendar year. 
<laughs> oh my god, Daryl Sutter, you have you have defaced hockey. That is so boring to watch. The cat, they're not even that like. And it was funny. They uh, I can't remember. Who, I think it was Mike Johnson doing the color in that last game, mm-hmm. who I absolutely love, and just saying like. You know, Montreal can put it to another gear here, and they have this game. Calgary doesn't have another gear. When they're behind, this is it. And it's he's so right. Like, they're just so fucking stale. If the Habs weren't as shit as they are or playing as shit as they have been, there's no way they would have won those first two games. It's just, like, could you imagine being a Flames fan and having to watch 56 of those games, let alone 82 next year, like, fuck do i pity them i don't know man uh, if it works it works oh but clearly it doesn't <laughs> look, i mean it worked it worked it worked against us you know but i, I think they just saying. they're the perfect counter to us especially when we're not playing good because mm-hmm. we're a rush team they're gonna shut down teams like that right that's just some teams just have your number the same way the habs have had edmonton and vancouver all year right very true very true but meanwhile, we get dusted by teams Edmonton destroys. It's just – it's a weird season. It's a weird division. Um, But, yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Fuck the Calgary Flames. Least favorite team this year just because they've bored me to death so many times. <laughs> they, they could not, however, entirely suppress the excitement I had for the young Cole Caulfield's debut. First shift, fucking – blazing down the wing puts a shot just like in not even inches like centimeters wide of the bar um just a great chance uh him Dano, and uh tatar looked really good together and uh yeah i gotta say like i was just very happy with the way he played i think he made had some good scoring opportunities but i also really liked the his ability to kind of just make those simple passes, right? I noticed that a lot, like in the neutral zone, he would make a quick tap, like one touch tap pass to kind of initiate the breakout. And he just really impressed me. Uh, I'm going to just say I'm a little disappointed in our, in uh, public relations. And I'm, I'm sure it was like well, well-known news, but it didn't reach me. So I went into this game uh, completely shocked he was fucking playing. Um, I got I got no updates, so all my you know my NHL app, my fucking fantasy app, uh, the the Canadians fucking newsletter shit that that always sends me irrelevant shit I don't want to fucking you know have a notification for, but it doesn't notify doesn't notify me for Cole Caulfield's like debut. So I turned the fucking game on, and it sucks because I didn't get a chance to really watch it because my signal was so bad. We've just been having strong winds down here lately. And uh, I had to watch, like, highlights of it. But, uh, fuck, man, I would have went – I would have, like, if I knew he was playing, I'd go to a – I would have went to, like, a bar, like, out of the area just to fucking watch it decently. But uh, – How did you not know he was playing? Dude, like I said, no notifications. You, you don't uh, look at Twitter? I did, but, like, I guess <laughs> – Oh, it was blowing up, but Dude. Dude, I'm fucking pissed because, like, you know, I'm helping my mom with some shit right now. She's, like, about to go to the hospital. And all day, I was like, all right, we got a game today. No 
no new information for me. Nothing's blowing up on my fucking phone, you know. So I finish my fucking day and go to go to watch the game, and this little little kid's buzzing around. What the fuck's going on? Also, did you uh, did you read about the uh, that the team pulling a prank on him? Yeah, with his bucket. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't even call it a prank, but I think that's hilarious, though. I think my favorite part of that night in terms of teammates was uh, fucking KK calling him Bilbo. Bilbo. Jesus. <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you what, uh, despite how, like, upset we can be at this team for, like, mismanagement and just, you know, not playing good or anything, um, game one, there wasn't a moment where he wasn't smiling. And I think that that type of attitude is – just as important as as the player he's going to be because I think if he can maintain loving the game even with a team that's kind of struggling right now you know uh I think that's going to do really well for our locker room and really well for his career if he can just continue to like there hasn't been a game that I've watched Cole Caulfield where he wasn't smiling unless it was like a complete blowout you know but like this kid loves the game and I love that the entire time you saw him last night he was energized and he was he was excited to be there he's smiling uh and i think that that's that's a real locker room presence a lot of teams uh don't have anymore or there's not a lot of people like that anymore yeah definitely and uh big game tonight the Habs versus leafs at eight o'clock eastern standard uh what a game to make your second appearance in you know, I think he'll probably get hopefully more chances. The Leafs don't play as stingy as a defense as the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. But and they, uh, they've been kind of rocky lately. They've won, won the, like a, a bad stretch lately. Went on to win the series, the season series against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, <clears throat> Habs are coming into this a little undermanned, though. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Drewen's out um with some personal issues he has to attend to away from the ice the team says they discussed it with him and have they they reached a mutual agreement that he should probably take some time away um and that's alluding to my comments at the start of the episode the reception to that news on social media honestly just broke my heart it's fucking pathetic seeing the amount of people why you see that and your first thought is let's talk about the Sergachev trade or I saw one that said, you know what? He's still bad at hockey, but I hope he gets better. Like, shut the fuck up. And I just think if you're like, what what goes through your head to think that way? Have we criticized Drewen on this podcast? Yes. As a hockey player, you can criticize people, right? It's his profession. But as a human being, like, once it gets past that, just stop talking. If, you, if that's the way you think, you're just highlighting yourself, commenting like that, making it easier for me to block you on Twitter. It's I've got just, no it's, time for that. It's the, worst, it's the worst thing about fans is that there's people... You're not a fan, though. I don't consider you a fan. Right. You're just a bully boy on Twitter. Yeah, I think it's pathetic. Uh, if, if, if this is your diehard team, regardless of their fucking struggles, if, if a man's hurt, uh, whether it be mentally, emotionally, you know, physically, and he needs fucking time away from the game or whatever, dude. Like, why is that? Why is that such a fucking problem? You're not writing their checks. You're not doing anything for this team 
other than supporting them. But you're not you're not good at that because you're a piece of shit human. Dude, like you've obviously never been through any type of mental disorder or addiction or health health problems or fucking injuries uh, or you have and you don't give a fuck or someone you love has had that and you are just a shitty fucking human and don't care about, you know, what it does to them even after it's over. Well, even then, like, we don't know what fucking happened, right? No, you're right. There's nothing. Nothing's out yet. Why speculate? Just fucking say, I hope he gets better and move on. Because it's not my place. It's not my place to know what's going on in Jonathan Duran's personal life. Can I sit here and have a fucking podcast and critique him on the ice? Yes. If he does something at the arena, a fucking whatever maybe but if he's a anything he does at home anything he does in his personal life i don't have any fucking leg to stand on because he's a human being even when he's on that ice he's a human being but i have no right to critique him and i think both of us as journalists as podcasters we don't have any right to look into his personal life like that just because he's a pro hockey player it doesn't make him extra human it doesn't give me a right to invade his privacy just because i have a microphone and a platform in which i can you know put my voice out there and people i think people have to understand that that you know you you pay money as a fan to go watch him at the arena you pay money to the tv to watch him on tv you get to see that on ice product you do not pay money to see his personal life that's just not like that's not part of the deal no, you're right. Um, and, you know, he's been playing pretty excellent this year. You know, a little mild, a little off every now and then, but, like, he's been playing better than he has. And uh, the fact that my Twitter has been very quiet, I see shit, shit posting about him every now and then, but it's nothing like it was. Um, and the fact that it's blown up now and it has nothing to do with his play, it's because he needs some time, regardless of what we know what the fuck it is or not. And you go, you're going to fucking berate him for fucking being a human and realizing he needs time. Dude, piece of shit characteristics. It's it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's a fucking, he's a person. And I don't know why people are fucking mad at him over Servicek. It, it wasn't him. He didn't decide to fucking get, he didn't decide this is the trade. Uh, we're moving him for him. Be mad at fucking, uh, you know, Mark Bergevin. It has nothing to do with Duran. You're taking your hate for Bergerman out of out of context and putting it on a, a fucking human, a player, someone a, a, on a team you're supposed to fucking support. You don't have to fucking like him, but to go on Twitter and fucking ice out your shitty fucking comment, hoping that your fucking energy is going to, oh, man, somebody's going to see this and fucking I'm going to get a bunch of retweets. Fuck you. Yeah, it's And ridiculous. woman, whatever, whatever whatever person is typing this shit, you're a piece of shit fucking human. That's what I'm saying. If your first thought process is go to, I'm going to, I'm going to insult this person. I think you need to take a step back and kind of like, like I understand we're going through a hard time and with COVID and everything, but I also understand as a fan, how invested you get in this team, right? This team, like they, it can affect my mood. I could be having a fucking awesome day. And if I come home and this team gets blown out 10 to one, 
I'm not going to go and cry about it, but my day's a little bit worse, right? As fa- as really as non-casual fans, you get really invested in the team. As someone who's spent, how many how many hours have we spent this season alone not doing this podcast talking about the Habs, researching, you know, looking at prospects, getting excited, all that. And then when you look at the ice and, you know, there are times where I think the boys haven't really tried. They didn't look like they have a lot of effort this year. That's frustrating, right? Cause you invest so much into them, but I think to say Jonathan drew hasn't given any sort of effort this season is just false. Like the guy struggled in the goal department, but we talked about this. He had what 21 assists when we did that piece on him. 10 goals he's at you know he would he there was more 10 more goals he would have been at like 34 points tied for second on the team at that time or in first I think the hate he receives is unjust and I think you're right it's directly from that Sergeyev trade and the fact that he's French Canadian and uh, Philip Deneau did highlight that today when they were asking him he said you know what being a French player in Montreal is tough when you win, it's awesome, but you have to deal with stuff like this. And, you know, there's there's a reason, and a lot of people talk about it, Vinny LeCavalier never wanted to come back to Montreal. There were opportunities in his career. French superstar, right? Never, never mm-hmm. considered it. Um, I'm not, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't keep listing more, but I just think... it's the, It's the same type of people... Like you, you remember when like players would be like, "I'm never signing in Montreal." Like, like uh, I think the Wayne Train did it, and yeah, he's not the the player he used to be, you know. But I remember people were so upset. Oh, you don't want to fucking play here? We don't want you here. It's that same mentality, you know, is the reason why they don't want to be here. Is 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 most of the time the fans are so fucking bullshit to to the players. I don't even know if it's the fans or the media. Because I get the two very confused. I think for the most part, Habs fans are pretty great. For all the shit I saw on social media today. There's been a I bunch saw, of wonderful people. I saw way, way more wonderful people. And I'm I'm a firm believer that there are way more sh- uh, uh, sorry, good people in the world than there are shitty people in the world. And I think you're going to find shitty people in any walk of life. You're going to find shitty hockey players. You're going to find more awesome hockey players. You're going to find shitty fans in Montreal. You're going to find shitty fans in Toronto. You're going to find shitty fans anywhere, but most of them are pretty good people, right? Yeah. It's just, I don't know the cesspool that is Montreal media that just, it's just volatile. And I guess what I'm, what boiling down to it, I hope Jonathan Druin's okay. I really, really hope the media doesn't take this and just run with it and blow him up. What's fucked up is if we have a bad game, they're not going to talk about how bad the game was. They're going to talk about the ju- the juiciness of fucking uh, not knowing what's going on with with. Uh, excuse me, fucking almost coughed. They're going to say Drewen wasn't there and that he let the team down. Yeah, and they and and it's just going to be more tabloid reading, like speculation, speculations. Cause that shit sells because people want to read about shit. That's not fucking real. And it is bullshit. It's not going to be about the team. If we win, if we have a blowout, this is the only way 
that his name isn't covered in the media as much as it, as it would if we, you know, if we have a bad game, they're going to shit on Jonathan Drouin, and it's going to make his recovery, whatever it is, even harder on him and his family. And I do think it's an interesting topic to look at, and obviously we're both Anglophone. Um, my French is very, very poor. I would not even consider myself bilingual. Um, I can carry. We don't teach I can, fucking bilingual, so we I can, teach languages down here. Yeah, I can communicate a few phrases, but other than that, pretty useless in the French department, although I'm trying to learn, moving to Ottawa. But I guess my point being, I don't want to step on anyone's feet here because I know we do have French listeners. And I understand that most of our French listeners and most French hockey fans are, like I said, wonderful people. So I'm not, this isn't a dig at for any Francophone people. I just want to clarify that. I'm just, it's my firm belief that if Jonathan Drouin's name was Mason Dixon or Corey Fleetwood, he would not suffer. Give two fucks about him. Like, yeah, I don't. He would not suffer. Oh, he's in the back of my fucking mind. Like, and I do, I do think Montreal players inherently, you know, they get more, um, I guess, a bigger target on their back from media than most places. Montreal's a hot spot, and that's okay, right? You're on the hot seat there. But I just think singling out when you want to bring back French players, and we constantly talk about. Why don't the Habs draft more French players? Why don't French players want to play in Montreal? You know, I do think you should draft best player available. But, you know, I do, I'm actually a firm believer that I want to see more French players in Montreal. I think it would be awesome. You'd get guys like Jason Spessa and Joe Thornton and Wayne, Wayne Simmons coming back to the Leafs because, you know, they grew up rooting for that team. Exactly. And they, I want the Habs to have that not only because it would benefit the team, but it's going to, it'll just be a cool story. Yeah. Look at, Remember look before, at, uh, what, uh, Nick Felino, his little yeah, story Nick that came Foligno out. Too. That dude, like if you want to pick up some money in fantasy, pick up Nick Felino. We don't know what he's going to do, but the last two weeks, you never know. Like this dude had one of the most passionate fucking, you know, I can't believe I'm home moments. Uh, and that's a, <laughs> I'll pick it up just on the heart. You know what I'm saying? There's a chance he's going to go all out to play for the team he grew up loving. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, look at how we've had some older guys play Ilya Kovalchuk, Perry this season. When they get that crest on their shirt, even those guys, it means something to them. So mm-hmm. imagine you get 15 years down the line, Lafreniere. You know, he's, well, I don't even know how old he would be then, like 33, 34. Sure. You know, DLNs re-signs in Montreal because, you know, that's, his, can you imagine how awesome that would be for the team? But we haven't seen that in the last few years. We don't see French stars coming home. And when you look at what's happening to Drouin, I think you can kind of see why. And I think it's, like I said, a shame because, having those French superstars absolutely dominate for the Montreal Canadiens, I think is part of the legend. Having Patrick Waugh do what he did, you know, Guy Lafleur, Jean Beliveau, um, how many, how many other countless French icons played for the Habs and absolutely dominated the Richard brothers, right? Like, I just think it plays into the legend of Montreal and 
the league's bigger, so you're not going to get as much of it. But having French superstars or French star players in Montreal, I do think is important, but you're not going to get it if you absolutely eat them alive. They're not going to want to play here. And I just want to finish that by saying, like I said, like I'm not, I, th- I, most French um, fans, I think for the most part, are fine. I think they get it. I think they're all right. They're like, yeah, we agree, you know, with what you're saying. And with French hockey fans I've talked to, I've genuinely, generally, they've agreed with me on that point of view. I do think, I think it's mostly the media. And I don't even, I think even the English media is in Montreal is uh, guilty of it as well. TSN 690. Um, wow. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever, I, Corey, you probably haven't listened or seen anything, but they're brutal. They're brutal to Drouin, to our French stars. And I don't know. I think something needs to change. Obviously, I don't want to speculate as to why Drouin's gone. But if it comes out later that, that, that it is mental health related and it has something to do with, you know, just the constant berating of him on social media and news networks, I think we need to take a step back and go, something needs to change. I think it's tough. I think there's no real way to, to get a grip on, on like the fucking media. Like they'll never fucking change. Uh, I think just as fans, you just got to do your part and not, not feed into their shit fucking like taken and sap up all of the negativity that that journal that some journalism and media brings because then half the time you're just a scapegoat you don't know two fucks about it but you just read it and you're like yeah fuck this dude you know or get your own opinions and there's no reason as a fan to to lash out on somebody like that yeah you can fucking be upset that he had a shit game he's been playing shit lately but to dog this dude his entire career since he's been here simply because of uh, an imbalanced trade and him and the entire team, not just him, the entire team playing like shit, it's, it's disgusting. I don't even think that trade is as bad as it seems. How can you, how can you be upset with that? I, 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 let I don't me, think let me, let me rephrase it. It wasn't a great trade. But yeah, the kid went to one of the most dominant modern day teams he could have went to at a very young age and got great chances, got great positions, got his opportunities were endless. And you're fucking upset that Jonathan Drouin came to a team that was struggling from the fucking get go. It hasn't been much better. You know, he, him and this team hasn't really found their legs and you're mad that this kid went over to a team with fucking seven superstars, a goaltender that's a fucking wall, and, oh, yeah, it's the better trade. No shit. He went to a fucking powerhouse, and fucking uh, Drouin came over here, and Laval's beating our ass. Like, Yeah, Drouin went from playing with Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, Tyler Johnson, he was awesome over there. Fucking Marty. Just- yeah, like all those guys, right? To then playing first line center in Montreal when he is a winger with I don't even remember who do you have on his wing? Like Byron and 
you get my point. <laughs> he was he was given more time to play. That's 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 awesome. You know, we... Sergachev <laughs> went over and got to play with Victor Hedman, who he still plays with. Now, do I think it was a good trade? No, I don't. Like it was a bad trade for Bergeron, especially given what we need, and that's a mobile offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. But I will also pose the question. Who do you replace Druin with in our top six? Because I think he legitimately provides a lot to this offense. Like I said, 21 assists. Let's excuse the goal scoring. Fuck the goal scoring. Someone just posted the uh, the highlight of his uh, his play to get the, the KK goal against uh, uh, Winnipeg not that long ago. That's the type of that's the type of effort he effort he's been putting out as far as like just trying to make the play. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And he's he's a craftsman. Fuck fuck the goal. This is this has been an awkward year, but the fact that he's been solid and when um, Ducharme came in, he really amped it up. I also he's gonna be missed. Look at his playoff performances: fourteen points, seventeen games in Tampa as a rookie or a sophomore. Sorry. And then the, in the playoff bubble, seven points, 10 games against a Philly team and a Pittsburgh team that were really good. Everyone talks about, oh, Suzuki led the team. They were tied in points. He played phenomenally. He's a playoff performer. And, you know, we might have lost the trade, but it's not, like you said, it's not Drew Hunt's fault. I think we've kind of talked this point into the ground, but it's credit where credit's due. Come playoff time, if he's back, I guarantee he performs. Guy performs in big moments. And that's something you can't really measure on a stat sheet. Like just the way he, his impact was huge in the playoffs and he was still getting shit on. Right. But anyway, I want to, um, <clears throat> I want to kind of move on a little bit. And I want to talk about uh, Romanov coming back up. So our last recall is presumably going to be used on Romanov tonight against the Leafs, mm-hmm. which means that we'll have to emergency recall Caulfield if we want him to be playing. So he won't be playing if another forward go comes back or I, I don't really know how it works, but it, as long as it's, if we, if every one of our forwards comes back, he's not going to be on the team is my understanding. I think, I think I don't, I don't. And despite everything that's going on with Jonathan uh, Duran, this is the perfect moment for Cole Caulfield. And, and it hates to, I hate for it to be that way because it's, 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 it's like your boy, whatever's going on with Drewan sucks, but this is a great moment for Cole Caulfield to kind of slip into that position. Um, I think it's I think it's foolish if you if you don't if you don't let him. Oh, I um, I don't know. It's interesting to see how uh, we talked about it a lot, so I don't want to keep pounding it anymore. But the kind of mismanagement of the cap and our call ups. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know the rules well enough to really <laughs> right. come playoff I don't know time. Shit about the rules, so. I know there's no salary cap come playoff time. That's all I know. So we'll see what happens. Um, regardless, uh, Suzuki gets a chance with Caulfield on his wing as well as Toffoli. And I got to say, am I ever fucking excited to see that? I still think KK is the better fit. Um, that line's a little small if you ask me, but fuck, am I excited to see that? I think Dano and Tatar were a great first line for him to start on. 
truly. They're still one part of the most dominant lines in the league. Dano is so good defensively, and you know he's actually providing more offense lately. Tatar's Tatar. Um, I just think you know, great way to happen with two veterans there. Um, see, you know, we all wanted to see him with one of the big two, though the young guys. And I'm, you know, I hope this is a high-scoring affair because after those Calgary Flames games, I need to see some fucking fun hockey. Hundred percent. Um, I'm reading online that uh, Tatar might be a game time decision. Do you know anything about that? Uh, yeah, game time decision for Tatar. Byron's out. Um, I think the presumed first line, let me just, uh, look up John Lou on Twitter and you get y'all, everyone knows who John Lou is. He's the best for post in the Lions. Um, yeah. Lekkanen, Dano, Anderson on the first to fully Suzuki Caulfield on the second Perry, KK, Armia on the third stall Evans Frolik on the fourth. Uh, like okay. I said, it's. It's a battered and bruised lineup to say the least. Um, but it's looking like, um, I don't know. It's looking like uh, Lekkanen on the first, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I think the Habs are really going to have to battle back here. Allen's a net. I expect we'll probably see Merrill with Romanov. Um, that's what they have. Uh, that's what they have them listed on a uh, daily faceoff. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think it's going to be an easy game at all, but remains to be seen uh, what kind of happens here. I think there's a magical moment tonight for Cole Caulfield against, against Toronto. It's either going to be fucking terrible or he's going to have a fucking magnificent game. Yeah. If he can go out and even score one goal, getting a point, I think that'll be huge. Uh, not only for you know, just the excitement of it, big career milestone, but the, the Robinson kind of selfishly comes back. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say selfishly because I don't want Leafs fans pretending Nick Robertson's better than him. Oh man. You know, that's, that's, that's exactly why I brought it up. Cause it's like, all that's going to do is fuel like this mini fucking, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be covered on like sports net or, or anything like that, but like just, this inner rivalry between the two teams, the Cole Caulfield versus uh, Nick Robinson is going to be legendary. I, I think, I think I've said it before, but the fact that every NHL fan base measures their best forward prospect with ours is a sign as to how good Cole Caulfield is. Yeah. But do we have anything else you wanted to discuss before we kind of wrap things up today? Uh, no, dude, I think that's it. Uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty kosher. I think I'm pretty good at him. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, sorry, it was a little negativity in the middle there, but we had to defend our boy Drew in. Um, like you said, I think most fans and all I all of our listeners are fucking awesome. Like I've never had a bad discussion with any of you guys. And I'm sure you guys agree. Um, you know, hopefully, once again, our best wishes go out to Drew in, uh, to his family, whatever's going on. We're not going to speculate, but we hope everything turns out okay um as as always we're gonna get a quick plug here you can follow me at habs nightly on twitter and Corey at the bayou benders on the same platform and you can always check out our other podcasts on the hockey podcast network um a bunch of great fucking podcasts on this network uh tales with tr one of my fucking favorite former ninth overall pick of the montreal canadians highly suggest you check out his latest episode (laughs) 
And without further ado, I've been Mason Dixon with Corey Fleetwood, the Bayou Benders, and this has been Habs Nightly. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber, what do you gotta say? And it's kinda like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins, you get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You gotta get downstairs, you gotta get dressed right now. Started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. And then I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. (gasps) No, it does not. (laughs) I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.